go. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, TCAF 2018, uh, Comics Gate Revisited, Gina Goes to Random House, uh, Linears Get Syndicated, and The End of Young Animal. So, uh... Heidi? Yes, TCAF. Well, <laughs> TCAF, we just I'm, got back? Yeah, we did. I'm, I'm still recovering from a little bit. Like, oh, you know, I'm a little travel. bit too. Well, like... cartoonists drink a lot of beer. They do. <laughs> well, and Canadian beer is incredibly strong. All of their stuff is way stronger than very the stuff we beer. have here. Very good beer. Very good beer. And, it you is. know, comics journalists drink a lot of beer too. <laughs> we do. We do. Well, we need to, like, yes, I definitely am taking a break from <laughs> all of this. All of this is to say, what could be better uh, than in the great land of comics to the north? Uh, which is also full of beer. I know. It yeah. is really, you know, we say this every year. We come back from TCAF and we just can't shut up about how wonderful it is. And it just is the best time. Is it? Is it the Canadians? Is it the Is it the cartoonists? I mean, they yes. bring... Yes. I mean, they bring so many great cartoonists from around the world. Uh, this year's, I guess, the biggest guest, at least among my, my folk, was Inio Asano, uh, the manga yeah. from yeah. Uh, of uh, Goodnight Pun Pun... Um, and uh, the dead, the dead demon. Da, da, yes, da, yes, this is his latest one. And um, Solano. Uh, Solanin, yeah. So Solanin, excuse and, me. Yeah, but I mean, he's super uh, distinctive style. And uh, he's really unusual for a basically a megastar manga um, artist. Uh, he's very down to earth. Uh, he he answers all questions. He lets you take his picture. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and the uh, his interview with uh, Bridget Alverson, who uh, writes mm-hmm. posts this weekly from time to time, uh, I, I thought was just definitely one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I uh, for my other take on TCAF, I, I did a dedicated – my other podcast is my dedicated podcast called Three Women in a Hotel Room. So I, I will plug that a little. You'll hear a lot more about Asano – uh, and Bridget on our uh, other podcast because uh, I roomed with Bridget and Deb Aoki and it was pretty much Asano all the time. I so. can only imagine. Yeah. But look, uh, Ron Wimberly was there who certainly had um, a fabulous – he was on several panels mm-hmm. actually. Um, let's see. Who do we leave out? <laughs> um, uh, well, look, there was quite a number of books, new books that debuted there also including um, Young Francis by Hartley Lynn, mm-hmm. uh, formerly Ethan Reilly. Um, actually, I get to talk with him a little bit. You know, Pope Hats is going to now become his sort of serialized right. anthology. So, because he actually does quite a few other things, which we've read mm-hmm. in the past, uh, in addition to Young Francis, uh, Young Francis. But he's finally put out a collected edition of his series. It's fabulous. Um, he did a couple of panels also yeah. at TCAF. Yeah, and I mean, I was rather charmed to see that the publisher of Young Francis, Chris Bitzer, had <laughs> yes. had like va- radically underestimated the demand for the book because the serial... I mean, to be fair, the 
comic only comes yeah. out once every couple years. Yeah, it took I know. Him eight years to do and this. And he's like, oh, I did. It, it never sold well. You know, so we didn't print very many of the graphic <laughs> novel. And I mean, I, I, I was really charmed by the fact that he had to race back to print for the second printing because. Yeah. It's, but he owned up to it in a yes. blog post, and he says, you know, he's the guy. Right. <laughs> well, that's well, the kind of PR you want is yeah. to go. Gosh, it sold way better than I thought. Exactly. Well, I mean, a lot of people were waiting for this book to be, including me, right. <laughs> to be released as a book. Right. Um, so there's a second printing on the way. should be here in July. Um, hopefully, I mean, I guess you can't really buy it now. Yeah. Huh? No, Calvin, I haven't had a chance to read your story about TCAF yet, but apparently it was the most crowded it has been yet, uh, correct? The way – they don't have final uh, figures in, but uh, Chris Butcher, uh, the artistic director, he said – it was his impression that the, that the crowds were similar to last year, mm-hmm. somewhere in the neighborhood of 25,000 fans across, mm-hmm. over the weekend. Um, he sort of confirmed – well, he actually explained what happened on the second floor mm-hmm. where uh, they, have a, they have another giant exhibition hall on the second floor of the library mm-hmm. where it's held at Toronto Reference Library. And it's really a wonderful room. There's natural light. Uh, and it just was so crowded. It doesn't have some of the fire safety precautions of the rest of the library. So the fire department immediately restricted entry. Right. But that happens every year. That's happened every year for yeah. the last oh, yeah. few years. Uh, well, I mean, there's there been a go. line to get in. Like, you have to stand in line to get in every year. Yeah, so that, that's, that's true. That's but the- apparently this line was... A little bit beyond. It there was, was snaking yes, it around was a the big, half long of the line. floor, and it was very crowded on the second floor. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I, yes. I mean, they did have a new venue this year, which was uh, the abandoned mall across the street. <laughs> yes, the Cumberland Mall. Really yeah. <laughs> awesome that there is an abandoned mall. Apparently, this part of Toronto is the most expensive part of uh, real estate in the whole city. And uh, yet this abandoned yeah. mall. Well, it's been... looking more and more kind of like it every year we get oh, there because yeah. it's nothing but glass and steel. Absolutely. And it didn't start out that way. No. no. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so what pretty... are they going to do with the abandoned mall? I mean, well, it cries out to be, I don't know, repurposed Well, they're going to they're gonna continue to use it because they, uh, I think as, as Chris explained it, they have kind of um, invaded the zine marketplace right. now with the zine exhibition marketplace anyway. Um, and they had about 100 tables over there, and they're expecting more next year. Uh, and they're also expecting to have back the Masonic Temple right. building, which they did not use this year because of some kind of snafu. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was. they had intended to use it, but uh, they did not. So, yeah. uh, And, you know, I think that, that there was a, uh, also a panel room at the, uh, at the abandoned mall, which yes. really was just a room... That was a, an abandoned storefront. <laughs> yes, in an abandoned mall. Yes, in an abandoned mall. <laughs> uh, which you know what? It's a great, great uh, DIY punk feeling to it. Um, it is reminiscent. I did talk to Chris a bit uh, in Angoulême, where they have uh, a bunch of kind of uh, they call it F off, and then there was off off, and, and then there was off 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 or something yeah, like yeah. that. But basically, a lot of the younger cartoonists yeah. put up their own little kind of pop ups. And uh, this really had the feeling of that. So yeah. I thought it was cool. I did a p- panel over there, and uh, I was a little worried because the acoustics weren't that great, but it went very well. So Yeah, I, I actually went to I went to one panel there. Actually, it was a panel with um, Hartley Lynn mm-hmm. and Young Francis. And uh, a, a really interesting uh, young woman, Georgia Weber, whose book Dumb mm-hmm. is out. I mean, and actually a very interesting um, new entry in the graphic medicine a category because right. it's about her having this very bizarre and very painful vocal industry, uh, injury that where she couldn't talk for really long periods. In fact, she says she's she's still not recovered. She just has techniques that enable her to mm-hmm. speak 
up to a point. Right. Right. So, uh, but one of the more amusing DIY episodes over there uh, during our talk, they had a makeshift screen up to show slides on, basically duct taped to the wall. Yes, yes. And uh, it actually uh, chose <laughs> the middle of a discussion to fall off the wall and got a big laugh. It I does. mean, it was a cheap laugh, it but is. it was a big it laugh. It is. You know, but <laughs> it's yeah. a cheap laugh in two ways. Yeah. Yes. In, in, yes. in every way. Yes. But um, um, yeah, but all the you know other panels, the other panels that I went to were packed. Uh, certainly, the Asano was standing room only. Yes. Uh, that was followed by the Men in Comics panel, yes, which yes, was yes. really amazing. Hilary uh-huh. uh, Harris of the Nib was the moderator, and um, it was just hilarious. It real and thought provoking. I- I've been dreaming of somebody doing a Men in Comics panel that had no actual men on it for a long time. Well, your dream and, came uh, true or, and it or was very funny. Or bir- a signed male at birth, I should say. Yeah. And, um... Uh, you know, I don't know all of the cartoons that were, that were on it. Um, Tell me about this wonderful panel. Well, it was hilarious. I mean, yeah. it was uh, there were it was an all-woman panel about men in comics. Well, and, I would say all-woman because I know that some of the yes, cartoonists are non-binary. Yes, like that's true. Yasmin Omar yeah. Ada is non-binary. Yes, that's true. And, Sorry, um, my, my bad. Yes, yes. Uh, but it, no cisgendered men. It was uh, no. It was women and other individuals uh, on the panel. But yes, no cisgendered men. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm looking up who was on it because it was also, uh, uh, it was also the now I forget Megan who does uh, Manfred the Man, the oh, really? comic oh. strip mm-hmm. that's about cats owning humans. Yes, uh, which is <laughs> and she was also hilarious. I understand that it was uh, those two who were the El- Larry and Megan who were the kind of uh, masterminds of this. But uh, hold on. I, you know, Jamie Coville recorded it. Yeah. And there, there is audio of it up. Uh, so you can listen to the Men in Comics panel if you if you show. And I, I, uh, I uh, recommend it. Let's see who we had here. It was. There was also a Couples in Comics panel, which I did not go to. Uh, it was yeah, Larry Hallis, Yasmin Omar Ada, Sanya Anwar, Shika Lugtu, and Caitlin Major. That's yeah. it. Her name's not Megan. It's Caitlin Major. Okay. <laughs> well, I have to read things about five times before I remember yeah. them. So. Uh, but yeah, they were just saying like, you know, who's your favorite male character? And they're like, I don't know. There's so many good ones. I, I don't know how to pick. And <laughs> and uh, and uh, but you know, then they also asked serious questions about. Um, objectifying men and um you know really how to to deal with the, you know some of the issues of the, the gender identity that we're having now so it really it really yeah. was fantastic and there, I, there were very serious questions also about yes. their own developers cartoonists in the comics uh, and particularly the 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 uh the, the female identified comics that uh, inspired them but so. it really was fantastic to hear the questions that are always asked yes. about women in comics just yes. asked about men in comics yes. it was and i believe we we sat here and talked about bizarre non-joke panels uh, about women in right. comics that were all men. Right. Uh, so this was a far more thoughtful, you know, take on that right. situation. Right. Okay. Um, Calvin, did you... Now, I will say one yeah. thing that I uh, was remiss in. I didn't pick up as many books as I should have. So uh, I was always looking at Bridget and Deb would come back to the room with just like piles and piles of books, but... Well, I only picked up a few. Did you get any good books? I actually made it an effort to not uh, go back overloaded with books, but I did get a few things. I got um, um, Silver Sprockets Cat Boy. Mm-hmm. I picked up that, uh, and I picked up another little book by Mike Sweater. Um, and I also will be able to get a crazy picture of Mike Sweater 
lifting uh, Avi um, Ehrlich <laughs> up in the uh, Silver Sprocket Well, they're booth. really into their uh, exercise at Silver Sprocket. Yes, they're yes, really well, into all these. Uh, they were a sight for sure. So I'd get that. Um, uh, well, I, oh, one thing I picked up was uh, Ron Wimberly's lab. Now, it's not, a, it's not an actual book. It's a broadsheet. Uh, really kind of in a really fascinating look at black aesthetics mm-hmm. in comics, but really that embraces a wide multidisciplinary uh, area of of cultural media, everything from contemporary gallery art uh, um, to comics. So I picked up a copy of that. Um, let's see. What else did I get? <laughs> oh, and this is another one of the featured artists, uh, Toronto-born, Hoche Anderson. Oh, yes. I got a picture. Uh, I got a copy of Godhead. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. so there were a lot of good yeah. books. I missed out on, on many of them. Um, you know, I capped my con. I did the spotlight panel on Jaime Hernandez, and that was just oh, right. amazing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, except I didn't record it, and I'm, I'm just devastated. But, you know, he talked so much about uh, what's really, I think fascinating is that as soon as one of his characters is happy he doesn't want to write about them anymore because <laughs> everybody's like why does maggie always have such drama can't she ever have anything could happen to her and he's like well then i wouldn't be interested in writing about her anymore <laughs> so you know fair enough well you need a little tension there yeah. um that's kind of well it's true but you can't art... go too far on the other end where you're like this character can never get a break yeah, well that's uh... really the thing with maggie though she never does get a break so you know that's um, been long it's like been the tricks history. the rabbit effect yeah yeah well there were and there were um uh, uh, bridget actually highlighted a couple some manga things that were available there actually too and um come from seven seas the uh, what the bride was a boy by oh, yes. g yes um uh the sequel to my lesbian experience with loneliness my solo exchange diary by kabi nagata yes uh and claudine yes by ryoko keda oh by the way so there was a lot of talk in my room about rose of versailles Okay, and basically, all that I can say here is just that it's been delayed. Obviously, again, <laughs> yes, again. Well, well there is yes. Because, let's just say ongoing. Uh, there have been some delays just on the translation side, so it's just taken a long time, and uh, they still plan to put it out, but it's it is delayed. So again, yes, yeah. And we should also but, point but out, but it is, but you know, stay on. But there is this new book, Claudine, by yes, by uh, Claudine and, is is okay. Listeners, let me tell you a little bit about Claudine and Rose of Versailles. Rose of Versailles is this landmark shoujo manga historical epic about Lady Oscar, a um, pre-revolutionary and revolutionary France noblewoman who's raised as a boy and who becomes the captain of Marie Antoinette's guards. And there's a lot of girls swooning over her because she's so manly. There's her swooning over guys. There's a lot of tragedy, a lot of romance, and a lot of gender bending. But Claudine, Claudine is a much more serious and overtly romantic and overtly LGBT take on a lot of these same themes by the same creator. Um, <clears throat> Claudine is, well, some people argue that it's a lesbian story. Some people argue that it's a trans story. And some people argue that due to the historical era, it's hard to tell. <laughs> uh, where basically Claudine is a gendered female at birth, always identifies as a boy, and always is very, very interested in girls. And despite it being the 1920s, manages to date girls. Uh, has a lot of romantic mishaps, uh, encounters societal prejudice, 
and eventually commits suicide. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But but before the suicide, there's you know lots of of LGBT romance and angst and examination of societal issues, which is something that was not super common in that era of manga. It was very groundbreaking and a classic. Yes, yes, indeed. So, um, well, our our fascination with all things, uh, you know, uh, Claudine and Rosa Versailles continues. Uh, We should also point out that this was TCAF's, uh, depending on how you count, either 10th or 15th anniversary and um, I think the official uh, the official line is the fifteenth right. anniversary because I think at the beginning they yeah, only did bi- it every other it's year. Biennial, biennial. Very right, exactly. Um, and it was also the tenth anniversary of Tune Books, yes. and there was, uh, you know, well, Francois Francois Mouly, the founder, was actually um, the <laughs> she was the keynote for the library deal <laughs> Friday, although she didn't quite make it. But there was a tenth anniversary um, panel. Uh, honoring uh, Toon Books that had a pretty good lineup of, of artists on it. Jaime Hernandez was on it. Uh, Liniers was on it. Um, Sergio Garcia Sanchez, who did this wonderful Toon Books uh, about the, the New York City subway. So, uh, And it was moderated by our, by our own Bridget Alverson. Yes, she was everywhere. So, yeah. So, um, once again, uh, a terrific show in a great venue, jammed with people. Um. Uh, we you know we'll we've got some interviews coming up that we'll probably post uh, in a in a next week. Next week, uh, I you know I was able to interview uh, uh, Brigitte Findeckley and um, Louis Trondheim. Nice about uh, their uh, poppies of Iraq, which is really uh, the memoir of Findeckley's growing up in Iraq. Uh, see, Mariko Tamaki was there. There was a panel called um, about comics about summer camp uh, that was pretty funny. That included uh, Melanie Gilman, who's uh, as the crow flies, uh, kind of looks at a queer teen off going off to a religious summer camp, which is great. Uh, Yvonne Ilagbe, uh, uh, the author of Yellow Negroes, was there. Uh, we encountered him in the uh, in the elevator. Very nice guy. So we could go on and on and on. Uh, Really, there you know there are over. There must be a, well, there's well over a hundred artists. Yeah, uh, and you know, listen, it's just such a great show, and um, it is you know you just everybody is. It, I I talked. I think we were talking to somebody, and we were saying everybody's always happy at TCAF, and then somebody said, well, the only time somebody wasn't happy is when they caught their partner kissing someone else in the hallway. <laughs> okay, wait, that happened. Yeah, Apparently not at this so. time. I mean, yeah, maybe it's yeah. some some <laughs> past TCAF. Yes. Uh, you know, it happened. And uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's it. I mean, uh, aside from a little drama like that, that might and possibly we, happen. We would be remiss in mentioning and uh, not mentioning the Doug Wright Awards, honoring the best uh, work and the most promising new talent in Canadian comics. And as I uh, told Peter Bercamo later, the uh, the owner of the Beguiling, uh, which is a partner with the Toronto Public Library in in um, in organizing TCAF. Uh, I've never been in an awards event that uh, combined such heartfelt warmth and outrageously funny ceremony uh, in one event. Oh, yeah. Uh, somehow they managed to do it. But um, the, this year's winners were Sammy Awani for The Dead Father, uh, Jesse Jacobs for Crawl Space from Kayoma Press, and Jen Woodall for... Um, Magical Beatdown Volume 2 and Marie and Worrywart um, 
I believe from Silver Sprocket also, or either distributed by Silver Sprocket. Yes, indeed. Okay. Jen Woodall and I picked up some of her stuff. So. Yes, so did I. Yeah, because uh, I hadn't read any of them, but uh, uh, an absolutely delightful ceremony. Anyway, yep, it was another fantastic uh, yeah. event, and uh, look forward to going again next year. Yeah. So uh, I guess we have to go uh, segue from a delightful event to a not so delightful. Well, unfortunately, while uh, this wonderful things yeah. were happening in real life online, there was all this sh- crap going <laughs> yes. on. About uh, you know we've alluded to it before the, the yeah. diversity in comics Richard Meyer mm. and yeah. his which is uh, not about either <laughs> it's, which isn't about either but yeah. you know there is, we call it comics gate really well, it is it's about how much he hates both really yeah. actually yes exactly or how to scam the public uh, into um, you know giving you money yeah giving you money uh, for for bad intentions right exactly um, yeah so basically. They have a comic that he, uh, Meyer has written, uh, that is drawn by John Malin, who got into trouble on Twitter for calling social justice warriors Nazis, and uh, with a cover by Ethan Van Skyver, who's a troll and been, you know, abusing uh, people online for quite a while. And so they've all united on this book, and, uh, you know, it raised a lot of money on Indiegogo, uh, over $250,000. You know, I think it's important for us to realize. I mean, it's had something like 5,000 backers, okay? Mm. Yeah. So a lot of them bought multiple copies. Yeah. But I, I think it's important to realize that, you know, this is not a figment of anyone's imagination. Yeah. People oh, no. are like, oh, they, you know, inflated it or whatever. It's like, no, these are real people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Antarctic Press, which is an old company out mm-hmm. of Texas that publishes both pro-Trump and anti-Trump satirical mm-hmm. comics, uh, announced that they would be publishing it. And... um. You know, then I will say all hell breaks broke loose, but you know, all hell is breaking loose just all the time around us. Yeah. And uh, several stores said they wouldn't carry the book because they didn't think it was something that they would sell in their stores. And then people started uh, posting the phone numbers of the stores online. I mean, they called it doxing. I mean, it's not really doxing. You can look up the phone number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, book store. So it's I, not a private number. No, it's yeah. not. And I, I do get annoyed by. By dragging in this idea of doxing, which is a very serious problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. and using that as you know the rallying cry, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's doxing if you post the comic book store owner's private phone number. It's not doxing if you publish a a public, public phone, phone number. Yeah. No, it's through a commercial harassment. Yes, it is harassment. Yeah. harassment. Yeah. But, but like, it's not doxing. But it's like you know, so I see everybody's getting doxed and all this, and it's like you know, there's just so much serious going on, and and that is what just alarms me is you know these these people are very organized mm-hmm. and they're very you know organized about this indiegogo and our side is not or the side of righteousness and diversity and treating people with respect uh is not very organized no. <laughs> you know and then you get all these infighting so i will say that uh public knowledge like one of the stores that came out and said we wouldn't order it is variant editions in edmonton zoned by uh brandon and danica schatz uh brandon is a writer for the beat known him a couple years uh you know he's been writing a lot of really great columns from the retailer's perspective um and uh so at the day after they that some of these people on twitter were urging them to you know, call up and harass the store. He came to his store and the front window had been broken and somebody had gotten in and stolen a few hundred dollars from him. Wow. Now, do we know if this was connected? It, well, no, we don't. Yeah. Uh, the timing is suspicious as hell. 
And, yep. you know, I would be like Occam's razor because then another thing happened at the store uh, is that this guy who was a customer came in and with his camera and was filming and kept asking them, you know, why won't you carry this book? Why won't you carry this book? Uh, you know, harassing them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Danica uh, like said, you have to leave the store. And then he called her dumb bitch and got into his car and drove off. So this is harassment. I mean, yeah. this is and, you know, I, I know online harassment is a real thing. But when it's happening in person like this, I think it's then, a lot more serious. Yeah, it, 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 it brings into it an, an aura of possible physical violence. Yes. Especially yeah. when things get broken. And yeah. Yeah. You know, and Brandon has um, handled this very, very uh, circumspectly in public. I mean, he's definitely publicized these things. And I saw what the diversity comic skaters were like you know he's a liar he didn't yeah you know there mm-hmm. was no police report i mean it's just bullshit i'm sorry beep that but mm-hmm. you know these people who are it's just not true what they say it's just objectively easily provable the claims that they make are not true and you know i will just stay for the record brandon doesn't want to make a big thing out of it because you know i would be starting a Kickstarter for him and all that stuff, but you know he and wisely I think yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: he's a man of integrity. He's not lying. No, he is not no. lying. And you know, to just it, it, it. I mean, I know well, it's you know only to be upset when one of your own is attacked is a bad thing. But you know it. Like, well, but but when it's one of your own, you know more of the details. Yes, exactly, and you know it that you know that this is a person who is not exaggerating what has happened and what what's really amazing is that we really seem to see seeing the the worst kind of behavior the worst used as a as a, a marketing platform for crowd funding fundraising well you know or but, so it but seems we're you know we have a long way to go okay so while i was in tcaf i was watching all this stuff and at the same time that this this Jawbreakers book is raising a quarter of a million dollars. You know, women write about comics, which is a wonderful site that's about women writing about Mm -hmm. comics. Women, non-binary, queer, uh, women of color uh, is trying to on Indiegogo to get a move server. They wanted $1,500 and after a few days, it's like $800 and I got on Twitter and I was like, come on, people. You know, well, that's unfortunate to hear, but there's certainly plenty of other well, projects. But I, I know, but I'm just saying, it's like, so I went in, I made yeah. a screen, I donated $20, I made yeah. a screenshot, and put it up, and I says, you know, where is, everybody's yeah. wondering what to do. Why don't you just yeah. help this, Absolutely. this site that is actively working to promote diversity and promote different voices, not all of which I agree with, but it's like, yeah, it's... Absolutely. it's so I mean, it got funded very quickly oh, after good. that. So that was my good yeah. deed. Well, oh, that's good a, for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give... yeah, but I mean, I will say that I think, I think things like that are, unless someone like you promotes it, are less viral than something exciting like a book. People are like, oh, a server? Oh, okay. And then they don't, it doesn't occur to people to like tweet it and tell everyone, oh, hey, these people need a server. Um, it's, well, it's, it, on that note, we should also mention I'll that. I'll tell you this. That, if it, just let me say, yeah. if it was Richard C. Meyer who needed a server, he'd have it in five minutes. Yeah, mm, yeah okay. absolutely. Bottom line. But we should also point out that really, you know, uh, campaigns, certainly on Kickstarter, campaigns supporting a wide diversity of 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 creators, people of color, LGBTQ community are are going on and are having some, uh, having some success. And um, Kickstarter just this week yeah. hired yes, yes. a new uh, what a, a comics, comics outreach, outreach lead, lead. Um, Camila Zhang, yeah. um, 
she looks like it's going to be a fabulous addition yes. to I, the Kickstarter I, comics I publishing know community. Cam- Camilla from uh-huh. around, she's a delightful. She's yeah. wonderful. I, they couldn't have made a better hire. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's going to be working in support of Margot Atwell, mm-hmm. who's a director of publishing and comics on Kickstarter. And you know, I've written a couple of things. I know you have Heidi, uh, really about. And, and Margot loves to talk about how Kickstarter has rallied fundraising mm-hmm. for the for the uh, the LGBTQ committee a committee a community, community uh, as well for people of color uh, uh, people of all persuasions on Kickstarter. So it, it really is. I mean, the, the on the side of the angels, uh, there's a movement going on there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, you know, but we. I, I, there's been so much talk this week about what should we do, you know? I mean, all that yeah. is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think that, you know, personally, I don't think that this one comic getting funded and coming out there, I think that the, you know, let them. Or if you guys yeah. want to read it, read this yeah. comic. You know, yeah. then somebody else came out and said, oh, well, we're still, oh, I, I forgot to mention, there was a whole lot more where Mark Wade did this thing. And yeah, then yeah, Antarctic there's a whole called, lot, yeah. He made a big public show of calling Antarctic, and then they said, you know what, we're not going to publish it, but we're going to take this message down in a week. And, um, and then they're like, you know, we're being, our free speech is being impeded, but then somebody tweeted that that was going to be uh, distributed by Simon & Schuster, which... Us ball. Yeah. That's more they, crazy crap. That's just okay. ridiculous. So, to clarify, Antarctic Press did not say their free speech was being violated. No. They're just like, no. we thought about it. We decided that given the furor surrounding this book and the personalities involved, they're just like, mm, no, yeah, not and they weren't pressured. They were, they were said to have been, there was rumors spreading that they were being pressured yeah. by Marvel. Uh, uh, let's. Let's it's back just, up for one minute. Not, none of this is true. Right. I mean, it's perfectly fine to hold conservative values. Or yes. Like, yeah. uh, so what people don't like about diversity in comics is that they are, are harassing bullies and they call people names. And, you know, they did this one uh, YouTube video that has since been taken down where they uh, used horrible things about, especially trans creators. They really have a mad on for trans creators. And Mags Visaggio, they've said horrible things about her. And Heather Antos, who was at Marvel, and uh, Daryl Ayo. I mean, they are harassers who uh, who come across as pretty bigoted against yeah. anyone who isn't a white man. And that's what we don't like. We yeah. don't yeah. like bigotry, and we don't like bullies, and we don't like harassment. Okay? And it's not just a one-person harassment. Then they call their little flying monkeys yes. on whoever is their target of the week. Right. So it's like, I hate them, I hate them, hint, hint, hint. Loyal right. listeners. And, you know, nobody on our side said, uh, oh, my God, you better call Antarctic Press and break their door and rob their money and go in yeah. and call them a dumb bitch. We just said, you know, uh, well, that's we didn't buy any Antarctic Press books before. We're not going to buy any now. You know, I mean, it's fine. Go ahead and do what you want. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not comparable at all. And that's what's been lost everywhere, I think. Yeah. Like, correct answer. Make your own comic and sell it somehow incorrect so, answer all right call the flying monkey squad yeah all right well moving on um back to the delightful uh, you know yes. the news um uh friend of the show friend of the industry friend of the category gina gagliano um it moves on to random house to hit a new imprint uh random house graphic mm-hmm. uh a, a, a 
based on the Random House children's books, uh, a new graphic novel imprint that will be focused on uh, basically teen, uh, middle grade and uh, young adult graphic novels. Uh, could there have been a better hiring for this job? No. No. <laughs> I mean, just simple. I mean, you, you know, everybody was talking about what's for a second going to do without Gina. I mean, Gina is the genius, you know. She is just the mover, the shaker. She does so much behind the yes. scenes of this industry. She's been an absolute powerhouse for first second to get them into the library market, to get them into bookstores. Um, I will say she's been training people in her stead. So, yeah. I mean, they uh, will they she, will go on just fine. She, but She seems to do the programming for half the show comics festivals mm -hmm. uh, around the country. Um, she's got a podcast. Yes. Uh, a brand new podcast graphic, and a quite a good one, PK, too. Yes, on, uh, with Alison Wilgus on, which is, uh, like I said, it's like a course in how to publish yes, a, a, exa uh, exactly. graphic novel. So, you know. um, she's uh, on the uh, Brooklyn Book Festival uh, graphic novel program committee alongside with me. Um, I mean, you just can't over-describe how involved, how passionate, how knowledgeable, how hardworking yes. Gina Gagliano is. So kudos yes, and, to Random House. And they, you know, Random House has a bunch of uh, middle middle grade graphic novels, uh, including the one by Mark Siegel, the publisher. Yes, yes. So now, the, yeah. now I am the learner. Now you know yes. you are the learner, yes. and yeah. I am the master. Um, but uh, um, you know they have Baby Mouse and they have a few other mm -hmm. books. They have yes. a Dav Pikey book there. Yes. Uh, so somebody pointed out to me that uh, Scholastic publishes all these Dav Pikey books and they yeah. sell, or Dave Pikey, I guess you yeah. say his name. Mm -hmm. uh, is you it know, Pikey like, or Pilkey? Pilkey. Yeah. This, this is this uh, guy, that baby under yeah. Captain Underpants guy, mm. Kate. No, well, it, I'm confused which is which. Uh, there's a. Who's the guy that does what? Dogman? Yeah, or? but that's the same guy. It's the, the same guy. Okay. Yeah, but there's right. a couple there different things. Yes. All right. Anyway, but the book. They sell a lot of books. They sell a lot at Scholastic, <laughs> but the one at Random House is not as well known. So, yeah. you know, so they, I think they realize that they need to, uh, I mean, Random House and, you know, Penguin and now the United PRH have had a rather checkered career with graphic novels. Wouldn't you say, Calvin? Mm. Um, uh, uh, Penguin, hmm, that's a good question. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Random House has had some successes. I'm not as sure about um, Penguin. But see, that says well, something. We are comics people who work at Publishers Weekly, which means that all the major press books come through here, and we, off the top of our heads, can't tell how they're doing in the graphic novel. Well, I business. will say this: well, it's that they have never had a dedicated graphic novel imprint before. I mean, Pantheon has published pa some of the greatest graphic novels of all time, but it's not just graphic novels. Yeah, Pantheon is, is Pantheon doesn't really have a graphic novel imprint, but they do have a a a branded line of right. branded graphic novels and but they are an adult line of graphic novels literary works right but like i said this is yeah. the first and penguin has yeah. lagged behind a long time so yeah this penguin is the has, first yeah. this is the first dedicated graphic novel yes. in from yes. random house so yes. i think that's Absolutely. notable as well yeah. yeah but the thing is they do have i mean you mentioned a number of the books that they have there that sell really well i mean baby mouse is a big time bestseller yeah. yes um, and Five Worlds by Mark Siegel, Gina's former boss, is a big platform. I right. mean, they're, they're, they've released two books of a five-book series, and there's all kinds of stuff going around on that thing. So, um, But what they are now going to be doing, everything is going to be branded under this new um, imprint. Yeah. Uh, they are hiring a separate staff, and that means you know publicists, 
and designers as well as, you know, and sales reps as well as having um, editors. So they're going to basically recreate for a second uh, at Random House. Yeah. Well, they're going to create a rival for a second. A rival for a second. But I mean, and the Scholastic kind of, also. Let's and Scholastic, yeah. yes. Let's, without a doubt, because what uh, David Saylor has done right. there is, a, is extremely significant. But and, so this is a great category. And you know who else is trying to do that? Is DC Comics with Zoom and Ink. Yeah. And, you know, Absolutely. I just finished my library article. Uh, yes, you have. coming out in a couple weeks. Yep. And yep. it's all about that. That's all anybody could say is middle grade and YA. Yeah. Middle grade and YA. 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 Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so uh, congratulations to Gina. Congratulations to Random House. Uh, they're the real, the real winner here. Um, and the first books are going to start coming out in 2019. And, you know, believe me, Random House making a bet on this category is pretty exciting. It is. Um, they publish thousands of books a year. Well, they're also they're the biggest publisher in the world. They distribute. Yes. and they yes, they've been very aggressive on the Random House Publisher Services is probably the most sought after distribution service in the world. Uh, they've been aggressive in adding comics clients, um, and they have quite a few. From the biggest, you know, from uh, Dark Horse and um, well, DC, they distributed and DC, DC and, um, uh, to even little Oni. No, Oni went to no, excuse Simon, me, Oni went to Simon, Simon Schuster, Schuster. But they do me. New York Review graphic novels. Yes, yes, I know I absolutely. mentioned that in my yeah. uh, article, and, and so. they seem to constantly be on the lookout for new clients to take yeah. on too. So, anyway, congrats to uh, both parties. Um, Linears, we're returning to that subject again. Goes syndicated at King Features. Yay. So. Well, this is interesting because, you know, we've been talking about Nancy uh, at United mm-hmm. and how uh, the the sensation created by yeah. Olivia James, still unknown, although I did talk to someone who knows who it is. Ah, so the mystery the is always mystery, sniffing it out. I almost don't want to know because, you know, it's going to be such a disappointment when we find <laughs> out. But anyway. Yeah, but so maybe it's someone you've never heard of. It is an interesting yes. strip. I, I don't see it. I don't watch it. listen to it every day. But I've been checking it out. And, you yeah. know, it's... Nancy for a new time. It is. It is. It's really. Fu- <laughs> it's really fresh. Well, Linears has been doing his strip yes. macanudo in in Argentina for like fifteen years, and I, I mean, he's insanely famous in yeah. Argentina. He's like super well known. He is a superstar. Yeah, he's, he's like a Charles Schultz yes. kind of so character. So he's yeah, he is. Yeah. And now he lives in Vermont and. I think he likes being a mountain man. I mean, he's got a beard and <laughs> the mountain man <laughs> kind of. Um, but anyway, I think it's really cool that King Features. I picked this up and, uh, you know, King Features, this has not been talked about too much, but uh, Brandon Burford, who had been running it yeah. for a long mm-hmm. time, is gone. Mm-hmm. And they hired C.J. Kettler to take over. And I hear she's really shaking things up over yeah. there. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't I, – I admit to not knowing very much about syndicated comics anymore. I did know Brandon a little bit and then talked to him a little bit over the years. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – uh, I mean, I I kind of think bringing Linears is is yeah. kind of a no brainer. I mean, mm-hmm. I was always surprised that he wasn't syndicated here, particularly since he's been kind of in the states now for a few years and releasing graphic novels through Toon Books and Enchanted but, Lion. But it's it's not what screams stereotypical American newspaper comic. Yeah, and that is typically what previously the syndicated syndicators yeah. were doing. Um, so, yeah, tell true. us about some of these changes. Well, I mean, at- syndicated newspaper com- comics are not in the best 
no. of health no. these days. Uh, and because, because it, the comics aren't always very good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but millennials think, can change that. But I think they've also lagged incredibly far behind. I mean, the comics page was always the most popular part of the newspaper. I mean, and then, yeah. you know, they cut it, cut it, cut it, yeah. shrank it, shrank it, shrank it. And obviously, newspapers themselves are an endangered yeah. species right now. And, um, uh, you know, I, I always said that, that United Features owned comics.com back in the day. I'm like, you should build this out and make it like a yeah. top 100 site that everybody goes to every day. But, you know, they... they in fact, they, it seems the biggest audience for newspaper comic strips are actually online. Yes, that's right. Because that's where people that's read where, comics. Yeah, yeah. Have you that's heard where people of read newspapers, frankly, yeah. <laughs> called web comics. Yeah. So... Uh, but these, you know, but that said, the, you know, the syndicated cartoonists of, of uh, King Features United Media are, you know, warriors. They turn out a strip every day. Not mm, all yeah. web comicers do that. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, I think this is just, I got, you know, I ran this on my website. It got a lot of attention, mm-hmm. the story. So I was, I was, um, I was well, encouraged by that. And I tell you, they couldn't ask for a better ambassador. The, uh, I mean, let's just say Linders is a raconteur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of the first order. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty difficult for him to not be entertaining. Yeah, he is a so. superstar. And he also does music and stand-up. Yeah, I he's, mean, just he's just a just, delightful guy. He's an all-around entertainer. So. He really is. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, so more can, stuff to read, folks. Yeah, more but, to come. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of things more to come on the King Features front, can you tell – you said there were some other changes going on there. Can well, you, I just mentioned them. About the the new head and, you know. Well, there's a new head, but you said she was going to change things. Well, I think she's just looking at things like, why are we doing, you know, why aren't we picking up some new strips that people like and read? You know, I mean, just looking at new cartoonists. I think that's uh, just, you know, she she brings a a real new eye to it. And I've heard uh, just on the grapevine that a lot more is coming. Great. All right. All right. Well, um, the beginning of uh, one strip in the sta- uh, uh, in the, the U.S. and apparently the end of a series here uh, uh, in the U.S. Also, Young Animal, the the pop up imprint um, of uh, at DC Entertainment, uh, headed up by pop music star Gerard Way, uh, is coming to an end. Yes. Uh, basically, they are winding down all their all their uh, series to end uh, this summer, but but it will. Some of the titles will be back. Doom Patrol yeah. will be back. I yeah. mean, it's not like all the titles, but as a dedicated pop up, uh, you know, it is ending. I, I don't know about the sales that they had, but you know, I personally give DC some credit. I thought that I these do. were some of the most yeah, interesting titles. I don't know whether the people were buying them or not, but really, uh, the revived Doom Patrol, I I kind of was into that. I kind of liked it. Uh, Shade the Changing Girl was the most weirdest psychedelic comic I have read in forever. I mean, I mean, I don't know whether it's anybody's taste or not, but this comic was pure imagination. Um, uh, Cave, uh, Cave Carson uh, and his cybernetic yeah. eye. I mean, I mean, they were crazy. I kind of got into it. Mother Panic. I, Mother Panic was, uh, you know, kind of a weird takeoff on Batman uh, with a female protagonist. Um, uh, and the new one uh, uh, is a little dour, but interesting uh, in its own way. Eternity Girl, yes, done by Sonny Lou, and I and unfortunately I don't remember the writer's name. I think it was Mag Mag uh, Mag's Yes, wasn't it? Yes, 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 Kim yes, McKim. Yes, yes, Kim yes. McKim. Yeah, no, it had top-notch talent. Uh, really freshened things up, and uh, you know what? I, I mean, it really was like a refresh of the Vertigo brand. Yeah, I mean, it's it, pop-up it, imprint. And uh, good point. Guess what? It's still a tough 
tough market yeah. for that kind of stuff. But if you notice, um, most of the creators who were involved in Young Animal are now being brought into other yes works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So no. it's, it's it's not like anyone's career is lagging. It's just that the imprint itself is leaving us. Yeah. Well, it, it it seems to be, I mean, DC described it as a pop-up imprint. I mean, I'm assuming they were trying to learn something about yeah. both their like marketplace mm-hmm. and where they stood in it. And maybe they've gotten the information that they needed. But I did a story when it launched uh, where I, I did get a chance to talk with Gerard Way and Jamie Rich of Vertigo, who was sort of the nominal head overseeing the whole thing. And believe both of them, uh, they made no bones about the fact that they were trying to Recreate some of the Vertigo uh, magic from the past, and steal some of Image's comics from the right from the here and now. Uh, they wanted indie fans. They wanted to create a kind of indie comic in a big corporate publisher. Um, they certainly did some imaginative stuff. Yeah, and like I said, they they wanted to bring back that spirit of the early Vertigo, mm-hmm, yeah. where they were taking existing characters and really just you know throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm someone who really really loved not just old school vertigo but mid age vertigo vertigo right yeah. up until the end when it sort of soared off the cliff and sank um and like that's that's my kind of comic or mm-hmm. well one of my kinds of comics and the thing is that it's not an accident that a lot of com- creators left vertigo um the deal financial deal right with image and other places is just a lot better for that kind of of independent minded creator creating their own stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard to recreate that magic without recreating it being a good place to be in the industry but financially. Think, but I think that really I mean this is a whole longer discussion and we're we're almost out of time. So let's save it for next time when uh we can go back to the fate of the pamphlet. But you know, I mean, what the industry needs in 2018 is a lot different than what it needed in 1998. Well, you know? that too. But, mm-hmm. but, it, but I, but I, I mean, I think these kind of radical ideas, uh, you know, abs- you're absolutely right about the financial return for them. But uh, you know, coming from a DC Comics, maybe I don't, I don't well, know. I, I don't know what, what the answer is. I think what they're doing is they're channeling this kind of energy uh, and this kind of creative, imaginative work into. Book trade focusing imprints, both on yes. the young yes. adult, both on the middle grade side and on the young adult and the adult side. Well, that's the smart we've talked thing to about do. the the new imprints that they've launched, um, Zoom, uh, Ink, which are for young readers, mm-hmm. and Black Label, yeah. uh, which is aimed at adults. So, this kind of industry, uh, as they describe themselves, uh, Dan DiDio and Lee, uh, they need more presence in the book trade. They absolutely do because a lot of the very same people who like things like the kind of things they're going to be doing in Black Label who like things like the kind of thing you do in Young Animal. These are people who don't think of themselves as mainstream comics fans. But there are a lot of them. There are more of them than there are mainstream comic fans. And if you can strike that vein, you will hit gold. Yeah, well, you know, also just talking about you know where the new creators are coming from and what creators are getting i mean we have been talking about this since yeah. that there has been a lack of a new hit in quite a while yeah you know i mean i think uh saga was the last hit possibly uh you know paper I mean, and Brian, the divine 
Yeah, Wicked of the Divine. I would say Monstrous mm-hmm. as well. That sounds really yeah, yeah, Monstrous, Monstrous well. is a big Without selling a doubt. book market. Without um, a doubt. But, you know, we, we we're, I said we're waiting for the next new big thing to come along. And uh, We've got big hits on the young reader side. Yeah. But a big hit for adults. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, uh, We're going to be seeing so <sighs> many graphic novels for young readers in the next yeah. two years. Uh, you know, You know, I guess you could probably say the big adult hit was My Favorite Thing is Monsters. Monsters. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and I was thinking the Had same to get thing. a plug in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. So anyway, on to the briefs. The briefs. So... What you may not know about the late, great Robin Williams is that he was a big anime and manga fan. Well, his daughter, Zelda, has gone online on Twitter to put out a plea to the anime and manga fan community. Please help her figure out what these thousands and thousands of anime and manga figurines are. So she's sort of doing a character identification project with some of these just pieces of history. And it's it's just really interesting, and I really hope some some fans out there get to comb over this really interesting collection. Robert Williams, American Otaku. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I mean, I guess when you, at first it was like thousands of anime figurines. That's crazy. But then I thought, no, no, it's not crazy. He was an otaku, and he had Robin Williams's money. <laughs> like this is what th- this is a natural outgrowth. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Um. Speaking of old school manga, uh, Fist of the North Star, a somewhat controversial and yet beloved manga, the creator, Bronson, has actually um, done something very public spirited. He has opened his own free manga academy where he's teaching students a hundred hour long manga course for free. Uh, he took applications and he selected 31 students in his opening class and he's he says that he's trying to grow the manga industry in his hometown yeah nice yeah it uh, seems classically Japanese. I love some of the quotes in the article. You know, I will strive to be the best manga player, mm-hmm. manga artist I, that I, I can possibly mean, be. I will strive yes, to be the yes. best manga artist. I will have Nothing the spirit. Will stop me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we've got spirit. Yes. Gambate. I mean, it sounds like manga dialogue. <laughs> uh, also out of Asia, the Chinese anime streaming site, Billy Billy, uh, which has been around for a few years, but only just went public this last financial quarter. Um, now that they've published their first quarter earnings, is really being invested in very heavily by Western hedge funds. It's like the next <laughs> big thing is... Uh-huh anime exported to china um like like enough they've got like a big article in bloomberg of yeah all places. I, no, I, nice i love it i Ma- love it manga um, as an investment or anime as an investment opportunity yeah you know hey so there will be more to come yeah. on that yep well, I guess that wraps up another week of more to come. Um, you know, thank you for listening. We love uh, our listeners. We love to get comments about uh, the the podcast. So, uh, if you are so moved, please go on iTunes and drop us a rating. Or love us or hate us. Uh, hopefully, if you've made it this far, it's one of the two. <laughs> yeah, um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you're why we do this. Uh, go to our Facebook page and and go to PW Comics World Facebook page. Like us. Um, you know, leave a comment. Yeah. 
And wherever you listen to this podcast, through many fine podcasting services, um, feel free to rate and review us. We'd really love that. Yep. Indeed. And on that note, in general, there will be more to come. And we're done. Do-